You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Today is Tuesday. We heard from John Calipari. Uh, For 45 minutes he spoke from his home. Uh, about a variety of topics, and there were several things that came out of it. We're going to talk about uh, what he said about the NBA and how that whole process has you know, changed, obviously, by by what's going on. Uh, he had a little bit about Ashton Hagens. Uh, I think uh, nothing that he said that was necessarily new, but I think his comments were revealing. Also, some things that you may not think about when you think about the recruits Kentucky has already signed for next season. Uh, what about those guys? Uh, we're going to talk about all that, but I think the biggest news to come out of it, in my opinion, uh, Kyle, was what he said about uh, a question he was asked, which was two-part. Well, one was, did anybody on the team test positive for the coronavirus? And two, what about London? You know, Kentucky's supposed to play London in or play Michigan in London in December. And is that, is that going to be affected at all? So we'll hear what he had to say, and we'll react on the other side of it. First thing is uh, none of our players have tested uh, positive. One of our players went home, had the flu, and then they went and had him tested. He was negative. Um, I told every player when they left, if you have older grandparents or aunts and uncles, you stay away. You were in Texas, Florida, Nashville, all within a period of time traveling the way we traveled, touching people you didn't know, do not go near them. Uh, the second thing with London, um, we, we are, it is up in the air right now. I say up in the air of where is this thing going? And we probably have to about June to make that decision. Do we do something that's closer to us? So it is being um, thought of. All right, so Kyle, obviously uh, great news that no one on the team uh, has tested positive for the coronavirus. He said one had the flu. He didn't say who. Uh, but the bigger news there, uh, I think, that, uh, that is affecting next season is he said we have until June to make up our minds on whether or not we go to London. Yeah, him actually calling it up in the air. I mean, it's not like a huge surprise. Everything's kind of up in the air right now. Um, but I do think it's, uh, you know, noteworthy that he said he called it up in the air and then he, he gave kind of a timetable for a decision, which mean makes it feel, you know, actually up in the air if they're kind of setting themselves a deadline to pull out of it. Um, you know, the other, the other thing I would say though, is it might just be wise. You know, they got a, they've got a three year uh, series set up. They're playing Michigan for the next three years. I think it would be simple probably to just say, Hey, we're going to go ahead and do the on-site you know, one of the school sites now uh, and do London next year or the year after. Um, Because they had already had to scramble once, you know, I guess the venue like double booked. Um, The initial date of the game, I think, was going to be the 5th, December the 5th. And then there was like concerts or something at the arena. 
Uh, oh, so like they had to tell Phil Collins, hey. No, well, they had, <laughs> yeah, so then they had to move. They moved to Kentucky and Michigan got moved. They got moved to the sixth, I think, was the day that it, is it actually ended up getting scheduled for. Um, so they've Do you already have any idea who the concert was? Was it like Adele promoting forgot, her new album? No, I forgot what the um, <laughs> um, I'll have to look it up. But, uh, you know, I don't think it's a huge deal. It, it would be a huge deal for people who probably like immediately went and bought tickets to the game and bought. Uh, uh, airline tickets. I know. I know a few people who've already bought their airline tickets for that. Oh game. wow! Um, you know, because going to London, it's not not mm-hmm. too soon to not too soon to uh, buy those tickets nine months out. Um, well, now would be a good time to buy them uh, <laughs> if you wanted to maybe you know check out the prices, and then if it falls through, you know you could maybe move the tickets. But you know, airline prices, air you know, flights are are pretty cheap right now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of one of those things for me. It's just a reminder that we just have no idea um, how long this all is, all is going to go on, how things are going to be affected. I mean, uh, the president wants to reopen the country to business like next week, mm. uh, which every medical person is advising against. And is warning that basically we reopen everything and it'll just be a nightmare and more people will get sick and then we'll be right back where we were. Um, and so with that, like if that happens, if, if everybody goes back to work on Monday and two weeks later we've collapsed, our you know healthcare system has collapsed and there's a bunch of sick people and we have to just lock down the country completely, then that resets the whole yeah. timeline. I mean, we have no, right. we have... We have no idea how long this is going to last. Is what I'm saying. I, you know, yeah. without without being political about it, like we just we don't know. We I don't think anybody knows whether this country is going to go back, just go back to business on Monday, or if it does, whether it's going to be a total uh, disaster. And so this actually, like, with- I think the I mean, based on the previous data in Italy and China, I think we do know yeah. that if everybody resumes as normal on Monday. It will be disastrous. I, I think yes. we do actually know that, political or not. We, I think yeah. we know that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it feels pretty certain. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that part of it for me is like Cal saying, "Who knows?" is a, just another reminder. And then the other thing I would say is the Olympics getting uh, pushed back um, to yeah. probably twenty twenty one. Like those are those are July and you know early August. Uh, Olympic games, if they don't think they can get that done, like what makes us think we're really going to start like, you know, fall things on time uh, in sports. I I just, there's a whole lot up in the air and that, that really highlighted for me. Also interesting. You said flu, like Cal said, somebody, one of the players went home, had, had the flu and went and got tested because of it for coronavirus. So, um, thankfully that was not the case. Cal, Cal very much took, uh, on this, very strange teleconference thing, video conference we did, uh, where oddly some people elected to show themselves on video, which I thought, I was thought that was the best part of it. That's my that was favorite part. Un- unnecessary. <laughs> I did not want to see a bunch of my colleagues in their homes. Um, but uh, it I was, was mesmerized thing, by that. Strange thing to do it that way. But I thought one of the most interesting parts of it was just like how, how much and how often Cal kept circling back to sort of his own personal PSA on coronavirus. Like he was right. very definitive, like stay in your homes, wash your hands, uh, you know, all that stuff. He was, and he was big about, you know, support local businesses, try to 
take care of your favorite waiter or waitress at your restaurant if you can, or, you know, pick up carry out. He said today as we're recording on Tuesday, uh, take out Tuesday and all that stuff. And, uh, that they're going to have a announce something bigger that they're going to try to do for coronavirus release. They're going to talk about relief. Uh, they're going to talk about here in the next few days. Um, I thought that was all good and interesting. Um, Cal is very clearly, I had heard this, like he was like totally freaked out by this virus, um, by people around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that kind of comes through in the way he talks about it. And he, yeah, he, he said, he, said he told his, his players, Brad. yeah, he said he told his players when you go home, stay away from your grandparents, like stay away from right. any elderly or sick people. Uh, and yeah, you're talking about making Brad like standing over him, making him, making sure he did the full 20 second hand wash. And if he was outside the home, when he got back, he had to immediately take all his clothes and throw them in the, in the laundry, in the wash. Right. Yeah. He said, Brad would be like, you're supposed to wash your hands for 20 seconds. Brad would be one, two, three, four, five, 20. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> every kid, it. like every single kid anywhere. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, um, you know, the NBA process uh, for these players, how is that going to work? We're going to hear from Calipari on that. Also, um, a little bit on Ashton Hagens and the incoming recruits, how this all affects them as well when we return on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, and uh, we mentioned in that first segment about how this was set up. It was like a uh, Zoom meeting. So uh, if you had a camera, you were able to show yourself, and I'm familiar with this because my kids last week, all week long, uh, the the uh, program that they're in at their school, their their special program that they're in, this is not for all Fayette County kids, but what they're in, their teacher was online with them and set up a Zoom meeting, video conference basically, uh, every day from 10 to like noon. So I would have to help my kids figure it out and all that stuff. So I was already had it down on how to get on there, but... They all have video cameras showing them. So all the kids can see their teacher and their teacher can, she can see all the kids. And so that's what this was, uh, except you had the option not to show your camera. And so when we would, so we would see like Larry Vaught, um, you know, in his habitat, John Clay in his habitat and Jerry Tipton, where you could just see like the glasses up. (laughs) He couldn't see like his whole face. Uh, But so why would you put up there? You know, me, I didn't do it specifically because I have a set, like the way my computer sits and my camera sits, it is specifically configured to show a set. So I have like a bookshelf behind me with all the different like uh, bourbon bottles and bobbleheads and football and basketball and uh, championship banners for UK, all that stuff. So I have that set up to do Facebook Live for Fox 56 from my home. Right. And um, which was interesting that you brought up on Twitter last night that ESPN reaches out to their people and asks them what their favorite music, culture, uh, sports, teams, whatever, and builds them a screen to put up behind them in their home so it looks like they have this immaculate office. Which yeah, and that, it, it blew it, my mind. It blew my mind. Uh, it, and like if they've written a book, it's like perfectly product positioned behind them where you can see the title and everything. Um, I have a friend who was on uh, Scott Van Pelt Sports Center one night, which was like like a huge deal. You know, like yeah. old, an old friend of mine who's um, really moved up as a reporter over the years and 
I texted him. I was like, dude, that was awesome seeing you on uh, Van Pelt. And also, what a what a painstakingly uh, curated office you have. And he was like, are you ready for something crazy? And I was like, yes. And he, <laughs> sen- he sends me a photo, like, st- standing way back in his office, and it's this pull-down screen. Wow. Uh, and, like, on camera, it looks... Not, once you know, it's, like, easier to tell. But, like, on camera, it looks like they're in a really nice office. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, a really high-quality high pull-down screen. And they, they ask him, like, what books do you read? What music do you listen to? Like, he had, like... Uh, like album covers in the background, like um, of like albums he likes. He had just all, like all the stuff you just described that you have really in your office. Yeah, like, that it was in there, um, like sports memorabilia, like all this. Like it, I was, I was dumbfounded when he sent me that photo. Like, cause I, if he just told me, I wouldn't have believed it. But he sent me a photo of it, and I was like, "Yep, that's the office I just saw on Sports Center on a pull down screen behind your desk." He just like sits. He sits in a real office chair in front of it, which it's the whole thing is just very funny. Which I guess ESPN like pulled back the curtain for us, and we thought it was a joke when they did that John Clayton commercial yeah, years ago. Yeah. Mom, it was like in his mom's I'm doing basement. My segment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that that was great. Okay, let's uh, let's move on back to what uh, John Calipari. Uh, had to say on Tuesday, and Kyle, you started it off with asking him about what is the process now for these guys for the NBA because they can't work out. They can't. There's when the combine's not going to be when the combine is. What what's going on here? What's the process? How should they handle this? And here's what John Calipari had to say: There's it's this is hour by hour, day by day. Um, we as a staff and as a coach are not allowed to work out our players, are not allowed to have one-on-one meetings. If we have a group meeting, we're not supposed to talk about basketball. Um, So now we are giving them the information from the NBA to find out where they fall at this point in time. Um, Guys that have a decision to make whether they wanna stay in the draft or not, the NBA is saying, we're keeping our date the same. Okay, well, what about the combine? That is going to move, we believe. Well, what about the draft date? That will move. Okay, what about bringing them to your facilities? We don't know when that will happen or if it will happen. My point to that in, in, in trying to get information to the NABC is, shouldn't we move – the decision date back for the kids to go to college or not. The date was always based on when the draft, when the combine, well, that's all moving. So now I think these kids should have more time making that decision. My worry is for guys, okay, let's just talk they're working out right now. If they spend two months and don't do anything and then try to go work out for an NBA team, it ain't going to work for them. So there are no gyms, there are no health clubs, unless they have a gym in their house, none of them do, unless they have a health area, a workout area within their home, none of them do. How is this, how are we doing this? So my worry is more about that. Um, We're getting information to the kids. Um, I have not done a group call mainly because I have more questions than I have answers for them right now. So most of the stuff I'm doing is texting to stay in touch. Um, but I would, 
my guess is four to five guys would probably test the waters. I, uh, they changed a rule um, that I wasn't on top of that you can now declare for the draft every year you're in college. And if you choose to go back, it doesn't hurt your eligibility. It used to be after the second time you had to stay in the draft. Now you can do it every time. So I don't know how many will test the waters. Uh, we haven't gotten to that point to talk to them. My guess is four to five of them will. Yeah, Kyle, listening to Calipari, I don't think there's any doubt that they're going to have to move the decision date back from from what it originally is, I think, like May 24th or whatever. Well, if they're going to do right by the kids, I mean, uh, I don't know how you make you force them to make this huge decision when they have, like, no chance of getting any real information, other than, like, where it stands now. But that's there's a reason there that the, all the rules had changed to give – you know, to give these guys more information, to let them go to the combine, to uh, let them work out for teams, because you you make more and better, you know, better informed decisions about where you stand. You know, if they're not gonna, what I would say is, if they're not, they're gonna have to make a provision on one end or the other. If they're not going to move back the de- the decision date uh, for these guys, then they need to make a provision that if they go undrafted, they can come back to school. Um, yeah. Because. You know, some guys are going to make bad decisions based on incomplete information. I think they ought to do both. I think they ought to move the move the date back and still let them come back to school. So uh, we'll see. But they they surely will do something for these guys who are like I mean, like when I talked to Emmanuel Quickly's mom, she's like he can't go anywhere to play actual basketball right now. He's going to be like playing in the hoop in our driveway. Yeah, um, that's you know, not. These guys aren't going to be in great shape. Their their games are not going to be dialed in. They're not able to go, you know, work out with these private trainers that they normally would go and do. Right. Um, I mean, there, there's just it's when you really sit down for a minute, it'll kind of overwhelm you. So if you have anxiety, uh, don't. <laughs> but if you mm-hmm. sit down and start to think about all the just the the tentacles of this thing of this the effects of the virus, just within sports, forget like the economy and all of that. Like just within sports, the, all the little things you don't think about or we haven't considered yet that are being totally disrupted um, from the normal, uh, it's it's kind of staggering. I mean, even all the little cottage industries. Like, think if you're one of those trainers whose like entire exactly. business, if you're, whose entire business is like now, like the season ends. All right, boom! I got all these clients. I'm working out for the combine and the draft. All right. Um, they, you know, they're not doing anything right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a place in Indianapolis that uh, I remember players would go to from uh, many players over the past from Kentucky have wound up. Um, yeah, that's that's stopped. All of it has stopped. I mean, it has just come to a screeching halt, that entire pre-draft process. Um, now, we move on to Ashton Hagens. And uh, I believe you also asked him this question about where things sat uh, between him and Ashton mm-hmm. at the end of the season. And then... You know, what what does his future look like? And here's what Calipari had to say. Well, he's obviously he had to leave town like everybody else. So he and I have texted back and forth. Um, And I'm look, I love coaching competitors. Um, And kids that get emotional at times doesn't bother me because I get emotional. Uh, I don't take it as disrespectful. But when you're talking about a young man who we all saw what is going on? Why are you playing this way? You went from one turnover a game to five for five straight games. What, what, 
And now he had to address that internally. So he and I are fine. I mean, I love him. I mean, I, I'm telling you, when the national anthem is being played and you look down at him, he would look at me and go, like, we got this. When I'm walking off the court at Arkansas, when I get thrown out of the game, he's the one to put his arm around me and say, coach, we got this. We're going to get this. Don't worry. And I walked in and I felt pretty good. So I think, again, he's got decisions to make. But if he chooses to go to that league, someone's getting the ultimate competitor, uh, a point guard whose shooting has gotten way better and is on the path that they want to see. It's not where you are now. You're 19, 20 years old. Where are you going to be when you're 24 and 25? Are you into the game? Do you love it? Are you a gym rat? Do you understand taking care of yourself? Is this about being a basketball player or gathering things? For him, he's a basketball player. It's what he does. Well, I, I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, Calipari saying that, you know, he and Ashton are, are fine. Uh, they left it that way. But when he says he's got a decision to make, everything that Calipari says after that is about the NBA for Ashton. None of right. it after he says he's got a decision to make is about what if he comes back. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not coming back. The, yeah. here's, here's the other thing I know. Last year, Ashton Hagen's dad told me uh, after the season, uh, whatever Cal tells us is what we're going to do. And, like, they met the next day or maybe the same day that I talked to him, and Cal was like, you should come back. And they announced that day he was coming back. And a few couple weeks ago when I wrote a big story about Ashton and talked to his dad for that, he told me the same thing. He said, you know, whatever Cal tells us is what we'll do. Uh, and they've already met and talked. You know, they met before they left town. Right. Um, and there's not been, you know, not been much of an update there except for what Cal said today, which was very NBA-centric. You yeah. know, if he does go to the NBA, they're, they're, whoever gets him is going to get one of the fiercest competitors there is or whatever. Uh so, I mean, I, I would just be absolutely shocked if, if Hagens comes back. Yeah. I think it's kind of a mutual thing. Uh, I think Ashton wants to go. He wanted to go last year, and, you know, I think Kentucky feels okay about where they'll be if he goes. So I, I think it'll be kind of kind of a mutual thing. Also, Ashton Hagens posted, a, I guess, a video. The uh, Ashton Hagens social media has been a hot topic in the past, uh, mm-hmm. and most recently posted a video, I think yesterday, of him uh, working out with Tyler Hero, um, I guess in Miami. So, it's, hmm. uh, and they he's gone and hung out. They're like really, really close friends. So he's like gone and hung out yeah. with him and stuff. But I would suspect that Ashton Higgins is is totally gone. Yeah, I think Calipari was also doing a little sales job as well. He's like where Ashton has been and where he is and where he's going. And that's the thing with the NBA. It's where you're going. And so he kind of talked about that. And I think that tells you a lot as well. Okay. Uh, when we come back, one more topic to discuss uh, regarding what Calipari had to say. And that is on the incoming recruits when we return here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. And John Calipari on Tuesday spent 45 minutes uh, talking with the media on a video conference from his home. 
and a variety of talk topics. We've talked about London, which is up in the air, he says, got until June uh, to decide whether or not they're going to play Michigan in London in December. Uh, the NBA process, which is pre-draft process, which has come to a screeching halt. Uh, he, he talked a little bit about that and about Ashton Higgins, and we think he's pretty much gone. Now about the recruits, and this was something I had not thought about before, but let's hear what John Calipari had to say about the recruits, that they, the, the incoming class, the players that, that Kentucky has already signed. The recruits that you've signed, they're not in school anymore. Okay, so now it becomes online learning for them. Okay, we got to make sure people are eligible now. How about your own team making sure their long-distance learning, they're taking care of business, so we've got things that we've got to keep on top of, but the reality of it is this is new to everybody. Yeah, that was one thing I had not thought about, Kyle, is that, yes, uh, nobody's playing basketball. Everybody's out of school all the the kids are out of school uh so they now have you know here in kentucky we have what's called nti non-traditional instruction and so you know, different school districts have already set that up or are setting that up where they uh, find a way to get packets and homework and and stuff to kids or online instruction but as of right now in fayette county none of that is being graded like, from the time they have been out a week ago through this week, uh, they're supposed to be out for another couple weeks. So, so far, nothing has been graded or will be graded. And then on April 6th, they're going to start with stuff that will count uh, or, or stuff that they will start looking at and count towards a grade because they're thinking, I mean, I'm thinking, it seems that they're looking at it like maybe we don't go back to school. If you're already into the end of April, you really just have the month of May. Uh, you have to get the curriculum done. There's certain you know things that have to be met for you to graduate on time. And is that in jeopardy? <laughs> right. I mean, I think I think that's a real question. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that that way either. And you know, Cal Perry saying like the, these guys are now doing online coursework. You have to kind of stay on top of it. Make sure like are you know are you actually doing the work. Uh, is it all going to get done? I mean, the, him saying we've got to make sure guys are eligible is probably a pretty real, <laughs> a real yeah. thing that coaches are dealing with. Football, basketball. I mean, anybody that's got new freshmen coming in the fall is probably a little stressed about just the academic part of that. And also, like, here's another thing: like the academic clearinghouse at the NCAA. Like, are they all home? Uh, are they working? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I have no, I have no idea the answer to some of that. Yeah. I mean, they have to be, you would think working from home, you know, remote, um, work. Um, and then there is going to be a, an adjustment. I would think of the standards by the schools, given the situation, like they can't just continue along on whatever standard they had as if you were going to class. Because now you've missed time that may not be made up and you have to you have to have uh, an alternative. And that alternative, I, I don't know that it can be the same as what you would expect in class. Like they had moved uh, you know, some of the pre-college entrance exams, um, uh, like the ACT and the SAT and, and those different things. 
I just saw something recently where they there was one that was planned for maybe like last Saturday or something that they had to move. So that stuff uh, continues. Like if these guys taken their ACTs or the SATs, I mean they've, they've got to have a minimum score to get in at Kentucky. Yeah. Um, so, and that's just not Kentucky. That's at you know places like Duke and uh, like a Stanford. You know where it's higher standards for for getting in over there it's just uh it's a lot it's a lot to sort through uh just like you said a little while ago just when you think about all how far reaching this is and all the different places it goes we're just talking about sports um and really just about college basketball we're like neglecting all these other sports that are out there the other thing one other thing about um recruiting is that cal basically said like we're good if we are where we are, you know, if this is the class we have, but if there's somebody, you know, if they if they add anybody else, it'll be because they had a chance to kind of go get a difference maker. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think we were going to, were we going to deal with this tomorrow, kind of what he said about transfers and grad transfers? Yes, yes. Okay. We'll talk about that on the next uh, Locked on Kentucky because he had a lot to say about that. But as far as recruiting goes, um, Something that we're not going to play for you, but uh, just to, to hit on a little bit. And he hit on this uh, on his radio show that he did a couple weeks ago. But the the summer recruiting, he is so, so uh, Against uh, advocating. <laughs> yeah, advocating to stop it, to quit with the uh, going and seeing the AAU circuit. And uh, really having, you know, I previously, I mean, I've never been a, a guy who covers recruiting a ton or anything, but just uh, – just recently with my kids and them getting involved in AAU, having seen it up close and personal and the way it is, it's, uh, yeah, it's not something where, where I could see where John Calipari would not want to go do this, where he's got to go to this gym and sit there for, you know, eight minutes to watch one kid and then go to another gym um, for 10 minutes and, and try to be in three different states in the same day and all this, where... It's not real basketball. All you see is it's just, it's just a skill showcase. You're just showcasing your skills, what kind of skill level you have. It's not it's not like – so that's what he has such an issue with sometimes uh, with so many freshmen is because they're not um, they're not playing basketball the way he expects them to play basketball. He's getting skilled guys and getting the most skilled that he can get, but he's not getting – basketball players per se in that sense had they never played AAU and just followed the instruction of a high school coach who you know preaches the fundamentals and works on different systems and playing a certain scheme and uh you know running different plays and all that AAU is just up and down it's running back and forth it's just up and down um and so I could see where he is really wanting that for two reasons one he wants to have a little bit of time at home and two he wants the instruction to come from high school coaches not AAU coaches he wants them to be in a you know a type of system on a team and not out there showcasing their skills yeah i mean i think he also i think he really wants some vacation <laughs> i think i think <laughs> that he wants, one month in the yeah. uh, northeast is just not enough yeah i think i think he would i think he would like uh, more time at his beach houses plural um uh, but it is, and it, like his case is really unusual too, because he's recruiting the top of the top of the top, and they're sometimes on all different circuits. So that on a given weekend, right. they're in like three different cities, 
And I think one of the things that's really worn him down as he's gotten into his 60s is like, you know, these players all expect to see him or else it, you know, it means or people will tell them that it means, opposing recruiters will tell them it means you're not one of their priorities if he didn't see you this weekend, you know, obviously. And Cal can't afford that. So now he's on, you know, he has access to a jet, which is great. But that means it can be done, so it must be done. And, you know, I wrote a story a few years ago where I got all the, the the logs, uh, the flight logs of, yeah. of all the private flights he'd taken over one recruiting season and how he was in like four cities in one day. It was a, there was a day where uh, LeBron James like randomly showed up in Lexington because his kid was playing in some event. Um, and Cal Perry was in Atlanta and South Carolina and like Vegas and then came <laughs> and then flew back to Lexington because he obviously had to get in FaceTime with, with LeBron James and the, the cool right. factor of it. Um, and he does that a lot during those uh, summer months, and I think that has begun to just kind of wear on him. Um, and so I think there's some selfish motivation there of just wanting to, to be done with that. But I think there is, too, some value of, like, hey, it used to be you recruited a player, you, like, got to know his high school coach and, you know, went to the community where he lives and spent time there recruiting during the actual seasons. Um, now it's like you have the season and then you have the season, the, the recruiting season, which are totally yeah. separate. And you've got, you know, way less control of the environment. You know, these, we, it's obvious now from the FBI investigation that, like, so many of the unseedy, uh, the seedy, unseemly uh, characters around these players latch on to them uh, on the grassroots circuit. You know, whether they be shoe company people or runners or whatever, um, I think Cal has said, you know, part of the way you can get some of that bad stuff out of it is to go back to just really recruiting them in high schools. Yeah. All right. Well, tomorrow we will discuss um, what he talked about, John Calipari said, about Dante Allen. Um, The grad transfer thing, he went on a big, long rant about just grad transfers and the new transfer rule that looks very likely to pass, which will allow uh, players to just skip over to another school without – sitting out a year also Emmanuel quickly what if he comes back uh would he play point guard could he play point guard what Calipari had to say about that uh all that stuff we'll talk about and discuss on tomorrow's Locked On Kentucky podcast uh remember to follow us on Twitter I'm at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H all right now tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Draft Dudes We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.